Welcome. This talk was recorded at Insight LA in Long Beach. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at InsightLA.org. So welcome everybody and happy Valentine's Day. So this is Inside LA Long Beach Sunday sits and um, very happy to be here with you on such a special, amazing Valentine's Day. So uh, Wendy was supposed to be leaving today. Um, unfortunately, she's not feeling well. So you're stuck with me for a couple weeks in a row. Um, and I can't say that I have a whole lot prepared. <laughs> uh, but it's Valentine's Day. So, you know, what I was thinking of, um, a couple stories come to mind. A, uh, one of my first teachers, Master Cho Koksui, was an amazing teacher from the Philippines. And he was um, in India with some students. And they were walking down a road and the students all of a sudden said, you know, wow, I feel like this amazing sense of love. It just kind of overwhelmed them. And they all stopped. And Masuchoa said, you know, if you look in the far distance down the road, you'll see a group of people. They're huddled around. And they, they looked and they said, really, in the far distance. And he says, there's a great saint. And there's people around this great saint. There's a woman saint. And he said, now, we're, we've just walked into her heart chakra, into her, her heart center. We've just met with it. And this is, we're just feeling this great peace overwhelm us. And I always thought that's, that story is so amazing that a being could have such a strong field of love and compassion that somebody could feel it like that, a group of people all at once. Another friend of mine was visiting a woman saint. It's actually in Colorado. And him and, and his friend, they were driving. And they didn't know exactly where they were going. And he says, I swear to you, he says, you know, as we're driving, we started to feel something. We started to feel this, this peace. And even though we didn't know where we were going, we started to make certain turns, you know, started to go towards and kind of, kind of follow this, this vibration. And they did so until they drove into the parking lot. And that's what this being, this is what she did. She would just sit and you would just meditate with her. You would just sit with her. So it's quite amazing, this emanation that, that we could offer. And I always think too, wow, how does that feel inside? Just to be enveloped in that peace and kindness. How does that feel for that being? Not only to be able to give it, but to to sit within it. And the best part about this is that love and kindness, it's a skill. It's a skill that we can develop. It's a skill that we could work on. Just like we could learn how to 
uh, you know, snowboard or play tennis or, or something like this. Love and compassion is something that we can cultivate. Or I like to say remember. We could remember time and time again. Remember that this is, this is what we are. And so I want to read just a couple, a couple things. about love. This is a cool little book, Power of Love. <laughs> There's a lot of awesome sayings in it. Pure love is matchless in majesty. It has no parallel in power, and there is no darkness it cannot dispel. That's from Murr Baba. Mm. You learn to speak by speaking, to study by studying, to run by running, to work by working, and just so you learn to love by loving. This is St. Francis. So this meta practice, you know, in in Buddhism, in Theravada Buddhism, a lot of times we practice the loving kindness practice, which we just did. And then, of course, there's a study of the Brahma Viharas, which is the four aspects of the heart. So study not only loving kindness, but compassion. So loving kindness is wanting others to be happy. Compassion is, compassion is wanting others not to suffer. And there's aspects of rejoicing. There's an aspect of the heart rejoicing and in the success of others, and also loving others, even when they don't love us back or don't take our, our advice, we call this equanimity practice. There's all these different ways to practice in, in different lineages and different religions. We see this uh, in karma yoga, in service, in bhakti yoga or devotion yoga, right? devotion to a teacher. And we look at all the different religions, all manifesting this possibility of awakening the heart, right? And all these measures, all these saints and sages, we went over last week, we went over the golden rule from everything from Jainism to Buddhism to Christianity. I even found it in, this, in the Satanist Bible. They have this book <laughs> called the Satanist Bible. And uh, do unto others as you would like to be done to yourself. It's, it's, it's universal, right? It's universal. And again, but, it, but it's a practice. It's a practice we have to, to make top of mind in all the things that we do and all the things that we say. And I love that last quote because it's, how do we practice love? By loving. But it, and it's not something we don't need, an activity, we don't need a a subject, we don't need a reason that we could practice this skill at any moment. May I be happy. May myself and all beings be happy and free from suffering. So simple, right? So simple. And I think it's so incredibly important to always remember that it doesn't feel all warm and fuzzy in the beginning. You know, so often, this is not the case. When we practice these 
these heart opening uh, practices, sometimes it feels just robotic. We're just going through the motions, we're just saying them. But it's really, really working. All right, just keep, keep, keep at it. So another one from Thich Nhat Hanh. When we come into contact with the other person, our thoughts and actions should express our mind of compassion. Even if that person does and says things that are not easy to accept, we practice in this way until we see clearly that our love is not contingent upon the other person being lovable. And, and I think this is really important with ourselves too. Right? We can love ourselves just the way that we are. Right? We want to shine love into the, the darkest recesses of our being. Right, those unlovable parts, you know, sending love there. You know, if we have a child that's acting up, what does that child need? They need, tender, they need tenderness, love and compassion. There's a part of our own being that's acting up. Just like a kid that's acting up, it's not like we're condoning the behavior, but we're doing it. Whatever, whatever action that we take, we're dipping it in the pool of compassion first, right? So just like with ourselves, if we need to change something, we want to dip this effort into the pool of compassion first, right? For my own happiness, for the happiness of others, may I become a better person in this way. So, I was reading a little bit. How many of you have read um, Tattoos on the Heart? Oh, amazing. Um, Gregory Boyle, he's a Jesuit uh, priest, and he's a, a, living, a living bodhisattva. You know, bodhisattva is a being who, who comes just for the benefit of others and will go to any hell realm and, and stay there until all beings are freed. You know, like, and he goes and works with the gangs, uh, actually all around the country, but mostly in Los Angeles. And it's amazing the work that he has done. Um, he calls it Homeboy Industries, and he has this great mm -hmm. saying that says, mm -hmm. nothing stops a bullet like a job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's really phenomenal who he, the demographic that he works with and the people that, people that, he, that he gets to touch. If you see this book, please. Please read it. It's worth the read. Tattoos on the heart. The power of boundless compassion. So he tells a story, you know, of he's doing this. He, he speaks, I think he says, 200 times a year, you know, from all around the country. And so he took these two rival gang members to help him on a, a little mini tour across the country. He had a few different stops. So they stopped in Alabama, and he said that this church they visited, the priest said, I'm going to take you into my community to see you know, our community. <coughs> and he said it's the poorest place he's ever seen in his life. It's the poorest place he's ever seen in the country. He said he was so taken back. And these gang members that, that he took, they came from bad places in Los Angeles, but they'd never seen anything like that. And when they came back 
one of the gang members was standing there crying, and he says, you know, what's going on? And he says, you know, something's happening within me. He says, this is the first time I've felt this, but I just feel this deep compassion for their suffering. I've never seen them, like, suffering like that. And I had this deep compassion for their suffering. And it was really transformative for him. And, you know, years later, the gang members had have continued to go back to that community and, and, and help. And this story is amazing because part of the reason why the gang member had such compassion is because of his own experience. You know, he had, I love how he put it, he said that this individual in particular, he said there was not a terror that you could think of that he wasn't familiar with. That he could see intimately into the suffering of others because he had felt it himself. And so when we think that we might be going through something that's very, very difficult, we just want it to go away. Never, never forget what a precious, precious treasure that it is. That from that time forward, we could always have sensitivities to others that are going through a similar pain. Right? And that we could spur that on to not only relieve our own suffering, but relieve the suffering of others. It's so incredibly beautiful to be there for others in that way. When we're going through suffering and then others can come to us and say, I've been there, it's going to be okay. There's just nothing quite like that. So I thought today, since how we practice love is by loving, that we're going to do a little hands-on loving. (laughs) And we've brought some art supplies, and we're going to make some Valentine's cards, some Valentine's Day cards. And this could be for yourself, this could be for a loved one, this could be for strangers, uh, this could be for anybody. But the practice is, for one, to come together as, as a group. So we can, we can speak softly, we have a practitioner in the room that she knows we're going to do this exercise, but we do have another practitioner in the back doing a session so we could use our inside voices (laughs) Um, and I think that you know as a community as a sangha you know maybe we can we can be a heart chakra for our community you know maybe you know I'm definitely no saint that could spread my heart chakra for hundreds of yards you know but maybe together all of us together we can we could become that love and spread that out. 
And so with that intention of really cultivating a, a sense of togetherness here in this room, a sense of peace within ourselves, and doing, doing this activity with, with great intention. You know, it's like they say that you know, 80, 90% of our communication is in, is in body language and it's not ver- nonverbal. Nonverbal. And part of the nonverbalness is this presence and the intention behind what we're doing. Right? So, like, if we tell somebody we love them, we could say, you know, they're over here, we could say, yeah, I love you. Love you. Doesn't really get the vibe, you know. (laughs) But, you know, with a deep sense, with deep sincerity, you know, I love you can be just extremely powerful, right? I like to tell a story. But one thing I read, they said when Bruce Lee walked into the dojo, he had this two or three story dojo. He said when he walked in, everything stopped. When he walked through the front doors down below, the second floor would stop. Everybody knew that he was in, in the building. Right? And I felt this Bruce Lee. And I felt similar situations living at the retreat centers, when a llama would show up, everything would change. You could feel it. You know, it was inside LA and Anam Tuptum came and there was packed, maybe 70, 80 people there, totally packed. Room was buzzing, I was sitting on the third row and I didn't see him come in, but everything went, everything just dropped. So peaceful. And of course, they've done studies. I know for TM meditation, they've done a lot of studies where they've meditated in, in areas where it was high crime and the crime rate goes down. I'm sure many of you have heard about that. So really coming together, this is, I think, one reason why we come together is so we could be that for each other and for our community. And after this, um, and Krishna, did you bring some food? Cool. I know a couple of us brought some food for the homeless afterwards. We're going to walk. Yeah, not for us. <laughs> just to extend, just another way to extend, you know, um, compassion on Valentine's Day. You know, we're going to head over there and, and uh, hand out some food. And if you want to write a Valentine's Day card or just something nice or something, a positive message or something too, you can't. We could take it to them. If you want to come, feel free. But yeah, coming together like this and then bringing it out to our community, bringing it towards each other. You have just listened to a recording from Insight LA in Long Beach. For more information, please visit us at insightla.org.